Welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast, the place for intuitive business owners. We're your hosts, Mariah and Shay, and today we're talking about a thing that if you guys are a listener of this podcast, you probably know that I'm really fucking obsessed with, human design. And the fun thing about this episode is that we're really going to dive into a part of human design that honestly, I don't hear a lot of people talking about. We're going to be talking about the incarnation cross, okay? And if you're listening to this and you're like, Mariah, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, that's totally fine because we're going to break down what it is, how you can find yours, you know, give you guys some some tools, some resources um, to be able to explore yours. And then honestly, this episode, it's not going to be about knowledge and learning more about human design. There's a ton of information out there, but instead we really want to chat about how we have learned this information, how we contemplate this information and how we integrate it, like how we're taking this information and exploring it and testing it. We really want to put like our own revelations or insights and kind of walk you guys through like what we first thought it was and then how it's maybe transitioned over time and how we're using it in our day-to-day, not only with business, but, you know, as human design, I, I just really love it as a tool for self-reflection. And I think that the incarnation cross is just a really great place to explore and you can get in your own rabbit hole with it. Um, But yeah, I just, I'm just really excited to, to talk about it, especially because I feel like the first time that me and Shay heard about incarnation cross, we were like, what the fuck is that? And so we Googled it. We like ran our human design charts and we like, we're like, oh, what is this? And we got taken to the site that probably had like three lines and it was like three. So, okay, let me, let me step back a little bit. So basically your incarnation cross, they say is like 70% of your overall like energy, your life purpose, something like that. So it's like kind of a big deal. Right. And so we're like doing some, doing some research and it's like, okay, so this is a really big deal in our human design chart, but then we Google it and then we find three sentences and it just felt so unfulfilling. And I just felt really unsatisfied with it. So Shay, how was your experience when you kind of like first even heard incarnation cross? Exactly the same. I heard that, um, I think the first time, you know, if you guys need, um, the basics of human design, make sure to go check out our episode from season one with Neha, where we get in. Usually what you hear about with human design is the different, um, you know, like types and profiles. And we dive into all of that in this you know, when I first got into human design, I heard immediately, oh, your incarnation cross is really an important piece. And then that's about it. And so, um, you know, I've now come to learn as we've learned more about it. So I looked up a definition and, you know, an incarnation cross in general, it's meant to shed light and give us some understanding about our life purpose or our direction in life. Um, So that sounds really cool. And Mariah and I, as we've dug deeper, we found out, oh, this is actually about you know, they say it makes up for about 70% of the energy we show up in here in the world. So this is cool. And and I like that idea. I thought it sounded powerful. And so when I Googled my specific one, which is a right angle cross of rulership one, I found this page that was like, you and Osama bin Laden and um, Hugh Laurie (laughs) from that show, uh, that doctor show, what's that called? Um, 
house. You and Hugh Laurie and Osama bin Laden share an incarnation cross. And it, it, it's like two lines about it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is 70% of me that doesn't feel great. It didn't really explain anything. And what I've kind of learned now is there's actually 768 basic incarnation cross styles. So I think that is why when you Google each individual incarnation cross, you don't find a lot of information about it because nobody has really sat down to write up in research 768 of the incarnation crosses. So I think that that can be like an easy path to take. You're like, okay, I'm excited. Let me Google this thing. And then when you don't find out a lot of info or you find out perhaps you're a lot like Osama bin Laden, it can be a little confusing. And so Mariah, actually, as she's dove deeper into human design, really explained the incarnation cross. What it is really is it's it's four, um, in human design, there's gates. And if you look at your chart, there's all these numbers and they correspond to gates. And so your incarnation cross is actually a combination of four gates. And if you look at your chart, your human design chart, and you see like the, um, the planetary symbols and um, numbers kind of running down the left-hand side and the right-hand side, or it can be different on different charts, but basically those charts of numbers, if you find on mine, at least the top two on the left-hand side and the right-hand side are the numbers that correspond with my incarnation cross. So you can, and what that basically means is what planetary phase each of those planets were in when you were born. Right. And so that's like, yeah, Um, yeah. It's like what, it's what gate each of those planets were in when you were born. So yeah. there's four things we're going to be diving in today. And those four things make up your incarnation cross. And I have found that when you dive into those four things and what kind of pattern or theme they represent in your life, it, that's where you can really dig into the juice and go down the rabbit hole and get some really good stuff out of this really profound stuff. And the reason Ryan and I really feel called to make this episode is, um, you know, I, I myself am feeling like I'm coming to the end of a season of just like navigating a foggy period in life where I'm having trouble, um, connecting to my deeper why, you know, deciding what spirituality looks like for this phase of my life, um, what my mission is here, you know, kind of those bigger life questions. And um, as Mariah started talking with me more about these four signs and the incarnation cross and what they mean, I gained a shit ton of clarity, honestly, around this kind of weird chapter I was in. So our hope with today is, you know, if you're navigating this time where you're feeling like, I don't know what my purpose is or another one we hear a lot is like oh I feel weird right now I don't really know how to like connect and ground and center myself or another one is um for me I want to connect spiritually but I'm not quite sure you know I grew up with like a pretty strict religious background and I don't know what that looks like for me these days and so all of these things if you've been asking yourself these kind of like bigger existential crisis questions or you're in that season using your incarnation cross can um, just help you cut through the noise sift through all the things that are out there all the tools and get really kind of clear on where to focus where to turn the the volume up you know um, what you're here to do and for me it's been really validating to kind of work through this and learn more about the four parts of the incarnation cross and then how um, my numbers specifically can like come through in my life. It's just made me Mm -hmm. feel more excited than um, have more possibility and hope. Whereas I was feeling kind of like, 
uh, this is a dredge. This feels murky. I'm not sure what the future holds. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I've had a similar experience of um, just, it's just very eye-opening as is like a lot of different pieces of human design. And I feel like when we first get started, like you mentioned, we learn about our profile and our, and our uh, type and things like that. And that's really helpful. And that, but that's what so much of the knowledge is around when you start diving into it. And it's, we don't really understand how intricate it really is. Um, I did just want to give you guys, there's going to be a link in the show notes below on where to get your free human design chart. You basically just have to know like your birthday, where you were born and the time that you were born. And so I'm looking at a chart right now. It's on Jovian Archives. So it's jovianarchive.com. You just put in your information, get your free chart. And on the right-hand side, you'll see a thing called chart properties, and it will say what your incarnation cross is. So mine, for example, is the right angle cross of laws. I think it's laws too. And so like Shay said, it's made up of four different um, planets. It's basically your conscious sun, your conscious earth, and then it's your unconscious sun and your unconscious earth. So it's going to be four different numbers. And you'll see that if you're looking at Jovian Archive, you'll see two numbers with a slash in between them and then two more numbers and a slash in between them. And so those correlate with the two different sides on the chart. You have your personality side on the right-hand side. That's your conscious side of your chart. And then you have the design side on the left-hand side, which on Jovian Archive, it's red. And that's your unconscious sign of the chart. So what you can do, which, which is where me and Shay started is go ahead and, um, copy that, like the numbers and the whatever, and just pop it into Google and see what comes up. And usually what comes up is this, um, this tool, and I'll leave a link to this in the show notes too. It's humandesign.tools. And it's kind of just a rundown basically of like what these are. And you can, you'll be able to find your incarnation cross on the left-hand side. And it's literally like, maybe five sentences. And like mine is, it's so vague. Like you are here to speak about laws. Your energy is driven to have rules and regulations and you will talk or dream about how to create them. And then it's like, it's a couple more sentences, but literally like I read that and I was like, this is horseshit. Like what laws? Am I going to be a fucking governor? A governor of what? What do you mean? I'm going to be creating law, like having regulations. I always talk about like how I don't want to be boxed in and like, I don't really want too much structure. And I'm like, I feel like this is fucked up. I feel like this doesn't correlate at all. But what was really helpful is when we came across, um, I think I came across her in a Google search when I was looking up incarnation cross stuff. And her name is Christy Igna. Yeah, or Inga, we're not sure, but her SEO game is strong. That's something interesting to point out. Uh, When I Google stuff about HD, she pops up a lot. Yeah, yeah. She's literally like taking over the search results, which is great. And I'm really glad that I found her because she has this thing called the human design map. And her human design map basically runs through like the main pieces of your human design chart. So like your type, your strategy, your authority, your profile, and then your incarnation cross. And to be honest, that was the piece that got me. I was like, yo, listen, I'm not saying that like her information isn't helpful, but it's like, I already knew enough 
from my perspective about my type and my strategy and my authority and my profile, I felt pretty comfortable with those. It was the incarnation cross piece that got me. I was like, I got to see how she breaks this down because I'm not getting it because the only information that I'm finding is fucking four sentences. And like those four sentences make up 70% of my energy. Like I'm, I'm not okay with that answer. So my favorite part about Christie's human design map is that she doesn't look at it really as like this big, like overarching thing. Instead, she breaks down the energy of all of the gates and like those things. So like your conscious sun and like that gate specifically, your conscious earth and that gate specifically, your unconscious sun, your unconscious earth and breaks them down gate by gate. And I feel like doing it that way has been like mind blowing of just like, holy shit, there is so much juice here. But so often I feel like, you know, we're not alone in this. So often we hear incarnation cross and eh, it sounds too complicated. There's a bunch of fucking numbers and I don't even know what this means. But like, really, we can simplify it a little bit, break it down a little bit. And I just feel like it's easier to digest in the way that she breaks it down. Oh, 100%. She's, you know, full credit to her is the one who inspired us to think about the incarnation cross differently, because I expected when I opened, I also got a map for myself. Um, I expected to open mine and see a big write up about the right angle cross of rulership one. Yeah. And she doesn't talk about that at all, or at least I didn't notice it. But what she does talk about is she breaks down these four um, this conscious sun, conscious earth, unconscious sun, and unconscious earth. And like Mariah said, the way that she talks about these things, and then she connects it to your gate in particular, which makes the map really personalized and cool. But, you know, we're going to try to share with you today, you know, like, um, the general theme of this. So you could figure this out for yourself. You definitely don't need to buy the map. If you're a nerd, a big nerd about this, definitely buy it. Mariah and I have like so enjoyed it and working through it together and printing it out and taking notes. But, um, you know, let's start. This helped me, Mariah. And I don't know if it helps you, but we have conscious sun, conscious earth, unconscious sun, unconscious earth. Those are the four pieces that make up our incarnation cross. So let's, we're going to start over on the conscious side with conscious sun and conscious earth and kind of talk about what those two pieces mean and how you could use those to help you gain insight in um, challenging times. So it kind of helped my brain to really understand like the difference between conscious and unconscious, and then the difference between like sun and earth, if that makes sense. So the way that my head has wrapped and Raya, you can fill in the gaps here. The way that my, I've wrapped my head around this is um, when we're talking about conscious things, it's kind of like the things we're aware of. It's like the energy we're here in this life to embody. It's what other people might see in us. It's kind of... Um, you know, it has a lot to do with like connecting with yourself and who you are. And so when I, as opposed to unconscious, which when I hear, I kind of sub in the word subconscious. And when I hear unconscious, I think it's more of those are like the blind spots in life, like the dark closets, the things that we need to shine light on and, you know, heal and transform that idea. And so unconscious is a bit more of like the undercurrent, what flows underneath, and that's not quite out in the light and we're totally aware of, where conscious is a bit more obvious and out in the light. And then, yeah, Mariah. 
Yeah, I was going to say I I love that explanation. And, and the way that I look at it too is like the conscious side, the conscious sun and the conscious earth to me is like the external. It's the stuff that like you're very obviously aware of. Like think about it from a, just like a, a mind perspective. It's the shit that you're conscious of. Yeah. Where if somebody were to tell you something, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's me. Like I see that in myself very easily. Mm-hmm. But the unconscious sign to me is more of like that internal or like that spiritual side where it's like, it's more of like, it's not very aware where if somebody says it, I might need to like, if they notice something and it connects with like the unconscious side of my design or my personality or whatever, like I might need to contemplate and like be a little bit, um, like go kind of look at it with a, with a more open perspective, because at first I might be like, no, that's not me. But then I sit with it and it's like, oh fuck, that might be me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the way that I kind of look at it too, of just like the unconscious is more of like, it might be more obvious to other people than it is to myself, where the conscious is like pretty obvious to myself. That's really interesting. You bring that up. And I I actually didn't read the second part of the definition and I kind of regret it and I want to. So your incarnation cross can give you insight on your life direction or life purpose. If big capital, they even capitalize if, if you follow your strategy and your inner authority. So this could be like at different points, points in your life, you know, depending on how quote unquote, aligned you are with your human design, um, you could feel more connected with these things. Or uh, Mariah and I actually talk in the podcast a lot. A lot of the times that we need to hear the stuff we need to hear, like the the, the good stuff, um, the first time you hear it, my first reaction is often annoyance. Like whenever I need to hear something, I usually if I'm like very annoyed at it, that's like a good sign that like, oh, there's something here that we need to like use the mirror for. So I do think that that's interesting that like, I, I don't know the, the, I, I like what you're saying about the unconscious stuff is more of that. It's not necessarily only triggers and shadows. It's also the spiritual and it's the mystery and it's the thing that connects us all. You know, it's kind of that like bigger inflow is the word that's coming to mind. You know, that kind of like bigger piece of how we are all um, one <laughs> to get too hippie, but like really connected in this life on a deeper level. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like, I, I found this other definition too, for the incarnation cross, and I think it's really important. So it says your incarnation cross is something that will slowly emerge over time as you live in unison with your individualized nature. Hmm. And you basically, you find the full expression of your potential. What does that mean? your fucking authenticity. And we know that like the deeper that we allow ourselves to get to know ourselves, the deeper that we um, reflect, the more honest that we are with ourselves and really showing up, it's, it's the more authentic we become because we're coming back to our true nature before society, before any, before we put these own structures or limitations on ourselves. And, you know, in the beginning when we were defining the incarnation cross, we did mention life purpose and and shit like that. And I, I do want to be careful with the word purpose here because so often I think that 
we think that our purpose is like this thing, like it's a destination, but really it's a journey that has layers that requires continuous exploration. Think about it. We're in earth school and how boring would this existence be if it was like, yep, uh, this is my purpose. And you go out and do the purpose. It's like uh, fucking lame. Like, I don't know. I kind of thought that this would be a little bit more exciting here. So I like to look at it like our our purpose is actually to be authentically ourselves. And our purpose is to show up and to be like, it's not a task or a career to achieve. But a lot of the time, especially as online business owners, we be ourselves through our career, but the career like is only one vehicle that we get to do that with. And I just think that that's such an important aspect of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of our fans probably resonate with like, we're using career or side hustle or something as a vehicle for um, getting to know ourselves. But I really like this definition of an incarnation cross that you and I have just come up with what um, a guide to come back to your true nature. Cause you actually shared that with me before we pressed record today. I liked what you were saying about, you know, like our purpose in this life is really can you unmask? Can you take the mask off? Can you decondition? Can you unlearn and align with your true self, your core, whatever words you like to use there, core self, highest self. Um, and that can be tough. That That's really, really can be the work, right? And, and business can be a vehicle to help you kind of shed the layers. And, and I like what Mariah is saying about oftentimes we think of purpose as this like race rerun with an endpoint. But really, it's a journey, right? It's a constant unfolding, a constant evolution. We talk about peeling back the layers of the onion, right? So this is going to be life, right? And how can we decondition? And for me, I this idea of unmasking has been really prevalent in me. And like, how can I show up full volume up on Shay and her like true essence? And that takes some time. That takes and some like, time. what is it? What does it mean to be Shay? Like, what, who is you know, Shay? What does it mean? That's honestly, that's what I'm asking myself. And I'm kind of like trying out different tactics, which we can shoot a whole podcast episode, honestly. But this is one of the tools, the guide of that I have found very helpful of how to come, how to figure out what it is I'm here to do and, and how I actually connect to myself and to what is greater. Because one thing we mention a lot is it's really easy to hear so-and-so's tipped for grounding and so-and-so's to, you know, we even shared a medit our, our grounding meditation we do, but everybody has their own ways of kind of connecting with themselves and, you know, with higher power or whatever. And, and what I found interesting about diving into the incarnation cross was it helped me get clear on like, for me, this looks like X and it's okay. If it looks like Y for somebody else, I don't need to try to pick up somebody else's Y and make it work for me. This is how it works for Shay. And there's a bit of validation there and trust. It's all about building trust and safety, right? And as you take a step more into alignment and then you say, Hey, I'm safe here. I feel great here then all of a sudden that confidence muscle builds and then you can take another step forward, right? So anyway, we're going to dive in. The incarnation cross is powerful. I hope you guys can use it as well. Um, I think, you know, I want to, I think we'll start with the conscious sun, but Mariah's got one more point before we go fully in. Yeah, yeah. And I do want to say, so uh, if you're not familiar, human design is a combination of a bunch of different modalities and, and things like that. So it does bring in like, 
the Kabbalah, it brings in the I Ching, it brings in gene keys, it brings in astrology, like it's a combination of all of these different things. And when you're exploring the gates, because that is what we're going to be looking at of like your conscious sun, what gate is in that conscious sun? And the gates correspond to like, if you're looking at the, uh, if you're looking at your human design chart, you'll see like these colored in or white shapes and like a combination of what your unique combination and notice that there's different numbers in these different shapes and those numbers correspond to the gate Mm -hmm. okay so I just wanted to to really clarify that because sometimes when you look at it you're just like what the fuck are these numbers what does that even mean it looks really overwhelming basically the numbers inside of the shapes are gates And when you have a gate defined, you'll see it'll be colored in. Okay. So like whether it's colored in black, whether it's colored in red, whatever color it's in, we're not going to go like deep into gates and all of that stuff. But what is really helpful when you're looking at this is also exploring those other aspects. I prefer gene keys. So it's like, as you're starting to explore the human design gate. So like, just as an example, we're about to dive into the conscious sun. So I have my conscious sun is in gate 56. So to me, this is, I'm going to look up what that means in human design. Like what is gate 56 in human design? But I also have a gene key book, which I can leave a link to that in the show notes below. And I also look at the gene key 56, because I really resonate with how Richard Rudd, who was the person that uh, downloaded or however you want to say it, gene keys. I like how he explains it in terms of having like each of these keys, each of these gates have three different energy levels. You have the the shadow, which is like the lower frequency, the gift, and then the city, which is like S-I-D-D-H-I, not C-I-T-Y. <laughs> and basically like the city is like the highest expression of that gate. And yeah, I just wanted to explain that because that has been really helpful. And Christy also incorporates that into the human design map. And I feel like it's just, it's really helpful in terms of like, um, reflection and just like, am I in the lower frequency, which isn't good or bad. We all fucking go in between all of these all the time. Like it's earth school, but I did want to mention that we're probably going to bring up gene keys. So I wanted to explain like how that even comes into play. Yeah. I appreciate that. I had never heard that term gene keys until I got into human design. And I know it's one of the building blocks. And if you are interested in your gate and diving deeper, you can Google gene key and then the number, and you can get a lot of really cool information about it. Um, So let's talk about the conscious sun. So Mariah just shared hers. This is a nice place to start. Um, Christy actually talks about um, your conscious sun as I align myself with magical synchronicities and move energy through. So this is a, this your if you want, um, actually let's zoom out and talk about what we said earlier about conscious and sun, right? So conscious is everything that is like 
here in this life that's external that like I'm here to do right and then um we didn't talk about the difference between sun and earth but like sun I always think of as like kind of the energy you're here to radiate kind of like the sun radiates warmth to us it's that warmth that you radiate whereas earth is grounding centered still calm right so um as I'm thinking about my conscious sun what I think about is the energy that I'm here to radiate in in the world right the external energy that I'm kind of like sharing in this world and I, and so if I have that understanding, it correlates really well with what a definition of a conscious son is, which is your most potent gift, your most, your purpose, your mission in this life. Um, Christy refers to it as the magic wand waiting for you to harness, like that kind of thing that you could really turn the volume up on in terms of like how you make people feel the energy you give off as you're walking through the world. So I like this idea of like, how I move energy. Another way she talks about it actually is when I'm feeling stuck, focus on my conscious son, because my conscious son is going to help me connect with my mission. What, what am I doing here? My why, you know, and that can be something that I feel really connected to at points in my life, but at certain points I don't feel really connected to. So for mine, for example, mine is gate 22, which is the graceful gaze. And if I am ever feeling stuck in my life, the question I can ask myself is how can, where are the opportunities for me to extend grace to myself and grace to others? And I'm here to embody grace and to help other people find grace in their lives. And that, um, and when I'm living in alignment, I am playing that role for other people too. Like I am helping people understand what grace can look like in their own life. And even just like, I've been feeling stuck I read about the graceful gaze when I actually, when I read grace for myself, that like kind of hit different because <laughs> I am notorious for having a really, a pretty harsh inner critic. And it's something that I've been working with and working on and building my muscles around, but giving more grace to myself around everything, man, just around where I'm at versus where I expected to be in this moment in time and how I thought things would be. And just all kinds of, um, I was being pretty harsh on myself that, that, um, voice had gotten loud. So I, I even, I was telling Mariah, I was like Googling about grace and what that really even means. I didn't even really know, you know? And so that actually one of the cool things that I took away from getting into my conscious son along with, um, you know, Christy talks about, you can use these to help you figure out where, um, you need to set boundaries, firmer boundaries in your life and where things could be feeling like energy leaks or leaky. And so she said, you know, if I, I'm feeling stuck. I can focus on self-care. I can focus on energetic boundaries. Um, two of the words that she used actually are refined and subtle. Like the energy of gate 22 is really refined and subtle. And I liked those two descriptor words. And as I'm thinking about like a new website and a new whatever, I think I'm going to use those two words refined and subtle as like my art direction <laughs> of like how I want even my messaging refined and subtle. Like, I really like that. So it's kind of like, cool. I, I got a lot of like, um, like emotional understanding out of diving into it, but I also got like art direction by diving into my conscious son, which I was unexpected, but very interesting. Yeah. And you've said that quite a few times of just like, it's given you like exploring these four gates of your incarnation cross has given you like, especially a lot of clarification on like your brand and like how you want to show up. And I think exactly. that like, what a great way to integrate human design. 
You know what I mean? Because so often we learn these things, we're packing in knowledge and information, but it's like, bitch, how do we integrate this? And so it's like, I'm glad use it. Yeah. And it's like, I'm really grateful that you're explaining this as like a way that you've chosen to start integrating it and how you're looking at it and peeling it apart. And I think that especially as a business owner, especially an online business owner, we have so many options. We could literally do whatever the fuck we want. We can make money doing whatever. And I can show up and I can say, I technically, I can have whatever marketing message I choose to have. That's the overwhelming part. Oh, Mariah. You know, I think, can I just say something really quick? It's interesting because we hear show up and be the expert and teach lessons. And like, we all hear this, like there's a way to show up online. And I think a lot of us try to show up and imitate that. But what I've learned from you is like, that can be right for some people. Some people are really meant to show up in that teacher energy. Whereas some other people are meant to show up more in like a rebellious energy and other people are meant to show up in other ways. And that really, I really liked how you just said that. Cause I was like, yeah, this is how you individualize not only your brand, but your marketing around what actually works for you and where you are lit up versus trying to like cookie cutter, carbon paste Mm -hmm. somebody else's framework. And it also helps shed light on why some things work for some people and not for other people, which can be very frustrating. And I think that is where my obsession with human design came in, because to me, it's an explanation of why everybody's so different. Like I've noticed from a young age that everybody has different talents and gifts and like, and then I notice in school, we're all taught the same thing, but some people thrive here and some people thrive there. And I've loved the individuality of everybody, but there was nothing that explained it in a way like human design does. And I think that's why I love it as a tool. I just resonate so deeply with it. So um, what did you take away from your conscious son when you dove into that? Yeah. Yeah. So I liked what really helped me. I heard somebody explain the conscious sun as the energy that you are here to embody. Mm, And that, that really helped kind of sink in because the other, honestly, the other things feel floaty to me. Most potent gift, my purpose, my magic wand. Like, what the fuck are you saying? Mm -hmm. What does it actually mean? I love that. And so the energy that you hear to embody, it's like who I be, like who I am who I am here, like the energy that I am emitting out. And so I mentioned mine is in gate 56, which is known as the wandering storyteller. And that alone was kind of like very interesting to me because that was a huge thing. Even when we created this podcast, it was a huge thing that I was a little self-conscious and like hyper aware about of just like, I tell a lot of stories naturally. And I always thought that like, Not that that was a bad thing, but it's like, oh, I tell too many stories. I draw too much attention to myself. I'm always using analogies and always trying to bring things back together. And I'm, and I'm always, maybe I'm talking too much, but it's like exploring what gate 56 is was really interesting to me because like, um, Christy in the human design map has this section for each gate and it's on the positive end of the spectrum gate whatever is the energy for and she's got some bullet points here and like mine is finding the humor amusement and delight in all things even in places others might consider to be dark or cold and I always was like am I using humor and stories in situations that doesn't make sense where I'm like I don't maybe I have a shadow and I don't feel comfortable so I'm just like overly trying to create a story about blah 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 and it's like yeah I mean like obviously that could be it but it's like No, like this is what I'm created to be. And I've always been the type of person that like 
explores and travels and honestly, and adventuring, even in a city that I've lived in most of my life, like Buffalo, I literally love going to new coffee shops, going to new restaurants and exploring. And I notice that I use these, these things, my experiences to then they always come into play down the line. Somebody's either always asking me a question about something that I've done, or they're like, Oh, you're really knowledgeable in this. And it's like my insight from these experiences that I've gained, then help other people either figure out problems or get new insight on things. And yeah, I just, that was really interesting to me. But the other part, which I mentioned gene keys before is Christy also goes through like the gene key frequencies. So the shadow of this gate is distraction, which I was like, oh, fuck. Especially if our business is an extension of our own energy. I know when I am spinning my wheels and I'm in like a shadow frequency of something, because that is exactly it. I will distract myself in all of these different ways or the reactive shadow is overstimulated. I will consume so much information so that I'm constantly distracted. But it gave me that awareness of like, okay, when you're feeling distracted, when you're feeling overstimulated, you're in a lower frequency of the energy that you're here to embody. So how can we shift the perspective from shadow to the gift? And so the gift of this specific gate of mine of gate 56 is enrichment. And the city is intoxication, intoxication of like life, just having fun, exploring life and being intoxicated by all of the possibilities and like what things are enriching my life. And that has been really helpful in keeping my focus in business of like, hey, am I distracting myself right now? Or is this task, is this collaboration, is this project enriching me and my life? Or am I like putting too much pressure on it? And I feel like those were like the biggest takeaways that I had. But especially, um, I feel like, like you mentioned, not giving yourself grace. And that's like a huge thing that kind of replays in your head over and over again, which is funny because from my perspective, you're always the person that gives everybody so much grace. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like funny, like what I'm known for saying in my family is don't be so hard on yourself. And in, but it's funny. I don't extend that to my, my internal dialogue a lot of the times, but it's easy for me to say that about other people. The work is for me to treat myself with the same grace. Yeah, I think that that is interesting because I'm looking on the negative end of the spectrum for this gate. And one of the things is wallowing in disempowering stories. And I am saying to my friends all the time, mm, I don't know, it sounds like you're being too hard on yourself. Like, it sounds like that's really like, why don't we shift the perspective? You're being like, really disempowering, like empowering, empowering. How can we switch this into an empowering thing? But it's, I find myself doing the same thing of like, then I'm looping with these disempowering stories of like, I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't. I, the wandering storyteller in a positive aspect is like telling the stories, but like also on a negative end, I tell myself negative stories too. And then I can get stuck in those loops. And so I just thought that reflecting on this, it was really eye-opening for me of just like really noticing where like how my brain works how my emotions work I was like this is fucking oddly satisfying to learn about yeah it can definitely shed some light on um, your patterns and you know the 
I liked what, what Mariah said and the Christy broke this down, but I think there's like a shadow energy and like kind of a light energy of all of the gene keys. Um, but it's cool too, if you're having trouble, not trouble, but as you're diving into this, I enjoyed reading all the emotions on like the darker side versus all the emotions on the lighter side and seeing which one I resonated with more. And I think if you're like, noticing oh I for me here at the um this gate it's like too emotional reactive awkward um feeling like you can't express your emotions that kind of idea and then like the more healed side is like graceful accepting loving non-judgmental emotional and so like if you guys have been listening to the podcast, you know, my journey is like, I am an emotional person and like coming to terms with those emotions, not shaming myself around those emotions. And then now learning that like my purpose here in this world is to show people how to navigate this emotional journey. And, you know, and I do that through my coaching, helping on business owners, you know, and navigating because Lord knows it's an emotional roller coaster. but that was really validating for me of like, you hear a lot that like, um, whatever the the journey what is it the something is the medicine the poison is the, I don't know whatever yes, your obstacle the poison is the medicine what, the poison is the medicine whatever your obstacle that you're here going through at the end of it you know that often can become your purpose or your mission or what you're here to embody how you help others as they also go through that journey and so that was just really valid I'm the type of person I'm sure y'all are too, where it's like, I could do a lot of things well. And I was, I'm at this point where it's like, yeah, I could make another successful business. I could do a lot of things, but I'm at this point where I'm like, I want to figure out what the heart of it, the juice, like where, what am I supposed to be doing here? And that's kind of how the conscious sun helped me shift through. Yeah, you're good at all of this stuff, but if you focused in here on this emotional piece and that helped a lot of things click into place for me, um, I, I found it really validating and encouraging. Yeah, yeah, that just reminds me if we're bringing astrology into it, Chiron, the wounded yeah. healer, yeah, essentially is, is the similar thing where it's like the poison is the medicine. And yeah, you're right. I you, you mentioned that a couple of weeks ago that like when you're feeling out of whack, you'll look at the two lists and look at, I think she's got, uh, it's, it's listed in my chart as taboo and then golden. And like, that's, I've been doing that in the past, like two weeks of just like, am I being over here? And like one of my taboo uh, emotions or things is gossip. And so that was interesting to me because I do, when I'm gossiping, which like, I mean, I try not to, but like we fucking, we all do. Right. Mm -hmm. It, it, fe you feel that it's like a shadow frequency. You feel that it's a lower frequency. And then it's like, I have this inner story being like, Whoa, Hey, be aware. We're, we're teetering on the edge of like, mm, you need to be aware about like what you say and how you're showing up. And so I like that that was listed on there because I wouldn't consider that like a storytelling thing, but like it completely is. You're you're telling shitty stories about people basically, yeah. but I like the golden aspect of it where it's like, I'm meant to be a storyteller, a speaker, transformative, empowered, a truth teller, sage, narrator. And it's like all of these really empowering beliefs, but it's like on the negative side, there's the tattletale, which like, I've definitely told stories in elementary school too, where I'm like, mm, somebody's doing something that's not right. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to reflect on like childhood and like how we grow up in these different experiences that we've had. 
No doubt. There's a lot of stuff that I was like, little girl Shay was very much this, which yeah. is interesting. It's hard to note growth sometimes. This can be a nice way to check in on that, you know, where you can kind of pat yourself on the back too, because progress has been made. Um, but with that, let's progress in this episode. Moving on to the conscious earth. So conscious, again, external kind of I really liked that embody language you used earlier for conscious sun, but the way that I understand conscious earth is in this world, what brings me back to my center, what helps me ground, what helps me calm, what helps me relax. And um, actually this summer, my goal has been like girl figures out how to relax or girl remembers how to relax. Cause I, I really notice like it's difficult. Even in times where I quote unquote should be relaxing, I, my mind's running or my body's in that kind of like heightened nervous system state. So like really figuring out, I remember I used to be a person who could relax and like reconnecting with that has been my journey this summer. So connecting with my conscious earth actually was the same thing. Once I found out the tools here, these are the tools where if you are having trouble grounding, if you are feeling weird and unsettled and disconnected, if you floaty, neurotic is the ways that I usually feel. I'm just like, Ooh, child, I am looping, looping, looping. Yep. The energy is a little too wild. You know, your conscious son that you get too much energy you need to ground it back down bring it back in to yourself that's where we can use our conscious earth so conscious earth again is what brings me back to center where do I find stability and balance and this one yeah I thought was really really cool Mariah's is cool too uh, no, I, yeah, I just wanted to kind of explain how I kind of think about the conscious sun and the conscious earth. It's like the conscious sun, if you're here to embody this energy, it's exactly what she said. Like you have to be able to ground it into this earth plane. We can't just sit here and embody energy and stay floating up in the air. It's not what we came here for. We came to ground it into this human experience. And so it's like, what energy brings you and grounds you back into your body into where you are into this moment right now. And I I like the way that Christy explains it of like, if you're embodying the negative frequency of your conscious earth, then you're likely to feel off kilter, insecure, and unable to do what matters most to you. So like the conscious earth is really creating stability and balance in your life. And I feel like, yeah, that's, it's just very fucking helpful. Mm, So tell us about your conscious earth. What is it? What's the gate? So my conscious earth is in gate 60, which is the embodied magician. And I thought that this was a little interesting. So the shadow of it is limitation and the gift is realism and the city, the highest frequency is justice. And this is, to be honest, this is one that I really had to like marinate with for a little bit, but it's basically like we need enough structure in order to create magic. So the embodied magician is like, this isn't somebody floating around with fairy wings doing magic. It's like somebody here on earth that like has a, has a human body that is doing magic. Like we, in order to create, in order to have creativity, in order to be able to flow and create that magic, we need boundaries and we need containers in order to flourish in. And like, how often have I said on the podcast of just like, 
I don't know. I feel like I'll go from one end to the other of like, I'll be like, oh, I don't need any, I don't want limitations or nothing. And then I'll fly over it and then I'll be way too structured. And it's like, but in order to find the energy that really grounds me and centers me is actually having just enough structure. And that has truly been life-changing in terms of like, yeah, like I, I just noticed myself literally flying from one end to the other, but instead the magic is in the center of like having just enough boundaries and limitations. And it, this one, it says like appreciating laws, rules, and boundaries, which like, yeah, this is my incarnation cross the right angle laws too, of just like, yeah, of course this comes in. And I just think that it's very interesting, but tell us about yours. What do you got? Okay, mine, this is going to make you laugh. Mine's called the aha moment master. But like, so basically, I love aha moments. I love my own when I'm having my own aha moments. I love facilitating aha moments for other people. If you're ever around brand strategists, they'll talk about like how much we get off on aha moments. So I've, I've known how special aha moments are. And so it's kind of cool to see that title. And then to know that that's something that grounds me it, through that lens was really interesting. So literally one of the first things that this says about mine is gate 47, the aha moment master. Um, when I'm in a good energy and the good, like the positive side of this, being the curious observer of your thoughts, ideas, and memories. So literally being curious is a way that I ground. <laughs> and I thought that was so cool, like obviously for the podcast and those kind of reasons, but like, um, you know, it, mine really comes back to um, remembering that this is all a game, our life's a mystery, kind of like loosening up my grip, trusting that um, life is uncertain and that it's all uncertainty. We can never know for sure. We are literally always out of control. So how can I relax into that? And how can I trust in divine timing and trust that clarity is coming, right? So trusting that I can be okay even if I don't have all the answers right now and helping other people find that trust is how I ground myself. And it's funny in, in all this stuff, it talks about the importance of connecting to spirituality and like all these other kind of themes that I've been bringing up in my life right now. Of course, you know, my shadow side, those taboo things, obsessed, overthinking, anxious, depressed. When I find fearful, fear has been a big one for me lately, ungrounded. When I find chronically confused, like literally I've been in a season of being chronically confused. So here, this was interesting for me of, okay, now how do I ground? And it's literally by doing my work, which, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Like, oh, Shay, you know, this is, um, you're on the right path you're working in the right areas, you know, your work is some, is literally doing your work is a practice that grounds you. And that felt very encouraging for me as a person who sometimes um, can be struck with a phase of wanting to burn it all down and throw the baby out with the bathwater. So this kind of let me know that I'm like, um, on the right track in doing work that like, fuels me, but more importantly, grounds and centers me. You know what? I'm just looking at the podcast from both of these perspectives and like both, oh my God, <clears throat> so funny to me. So it's like both of us think that like creating the podcast is very grounding for us. We both really appreciate it. And it's like the part of it that grounds you according to your incarnation cross is like the curiosity of it, right? It's like exploring and getting people's stories and like blah, 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 blah. 
it's interesting to me that the part that grounds me about it is like the loose structure that we need in order to have it of like, this has become a routine. This is what I can expect, but the conversations we follow curiosity. So that's the magic and that's the flow, Mm -hmm. but actually creating the content requires a schedule, a routine, but we don't get so like when we're scheduling guests, a lot of people have like links and like book this link. And like, these are all the times me and Shay just like, like just email people. We're like, we look at our like schedule and we're like, I don't know, we got this date at this time. Like, are we, are we good with that? But it's like, there's some structure, but not enough structure to where it feels limiting. Mm. And it's interesting because like in our, um, like every time we do, I say every time we literally did it once, but when we ended or when we began season two, after we took that break between season one and season two, we were both like, we're missing this podcast like a lot. We feel really ungrounded. We feel really stuck in our head. And it's like, as we're exploring this, it's like, we're getting insight as to why. (laughs) And I remember I was like, I'm just really missing, like, you know, hopping on a call and having this thing like on my to-do list because I can expect it and it feels really nourishing. And it's similar to you. And I just, I just think that that is a really cool reflection to have. Um, Absolutely. I think it's fucking fascinating, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at like on the negative end of the spectrum for my conscious earth. And it's just, it literally says pushing harsher limits in place than necessary to create true flow of like, my God, I remember a few months ago, I literally was like, this is the structure I'm going to follow. I'm going to post on Instagram this much time and blah, 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 blah. And like all of these taboo words is either I'll go from lack of structure and being willy nilly or controlling an OCD. And it's like, it's very interesting to me. I've noticed that you've grown. We've been a nice compliment for each other in that way, because I think where you've kind of helped me find more structure, I've helped you like find more confidence and looseness because my style is definitely more loose. Whereas you want to come in and like, let's write out about notes and be really like (laughs) when we first started, it was really a challenge for you to like hop on and just wing something. And now you are doing it more. And and then I am leaning more into the structure that you've provided because I also find that safe. So I think that is cool. And I really like what you're saying about different things. We get different things out of the podcast and that, that tracks, like that's definitely what, you know, we've expressed to each other about like why we've enjoyed doing this. So I really like that reflection. And, you know, one thing I, as someone who's a chronic overthinker, someone that's anxious, you know, had these seasons of depression, anxiety, feeling ungrounded and drowning in fear, knowing that, okay, the, the answer quote unquote in those seasons is where can I bring in curiosity? Where am I assuming that there's only one right way to do things and I'm holding on too tightly and I'm obsessing about one thing. How could we loosen the grip, think a little broader, bring in other perspectives, bring in curiosity, help other hold space for other people so they can connect their own dots, which then lights my fire, you know? So it's just, um, it was very, I think the word validating keeps coming up for me because it's like, it's so hard for me to really like, okay, but where are my strong points? What am I really good at? And versus what have I just been socially conditioned to like do well? And it kind of helps you sift. I'm imagining, you know, you're like sifting for gold and it helps you sift out the gold pieces and let the rest go to the wayside. Yeah. And it's like, how beautiful that by us being 
even more authentically ourselves. They say it when you're authentically yourself, you're giving permission to other people to be authentically themselves. And I find this like in the coaching world too, of like a lot of the time when you hire a coach, it's like, yeah, you'll hire because like maybe they've hit a goal that you want to hit. But a lot of the times it's like, they're embodying some kind of energy, some kind of medicine that you're needing. And it's like, just by being around them and seeing how they show up authentically, hopefully, if you're choosing a coach that is aligned with you, if they're showing up authentically, it's like, you might not do things exactly the way that they do things, but it's like that secret permission slip that we know that we never needed, but it's nice to see an example of, of like, damn, if they can show up and be their authentic self, so can I. And yeah, I, and I think just using human design and especially incarnation cross as a tool to be able to sift through that. I think there's just like so much medicine in it. Well, it's interesting. You point that out specifically about hiring a coach. Cause you know, these actually just noticed with another client last week, I don't even read sales pages anymore. Like literally all of the past things I've purchased, I cannot make it all the way through a sales page. I'm not interested in making it all the way through a sales page. The only reason I buy is because of the energy that that person is showing up in. And if I'm like drawn to that energy, like, um, you know, a, a fly to a light at night or something, you know, like that's what I want. It's like, I want to be around that energy. I want to myself. And there's a piece of me that also wants to embody an aspect of that energy. Right. So I think that's cool. That that's a really nice way to um, illustrate the power of this, of this kind of work where we can really dial in when, when I think when we see people that are giving off that good energy, this is Mm -hmm. what that means. (laughs) You know, they've, they've gotten clear on, you know, their four pieces of their incarnation cross and they've really turned up the volume and focused in there. And we, are magnetized to that, you know, like there is something so enticing about that, that it's just magnetizing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Are we ready to go into the unconscious? Yeah. Let's dive into the unconscious. This is like Ryan and I's favorite topic, the, the subconscious or the unconscious. So just like we had a conscious son, we have an unconscious son. And, um, you know, the way that I understand our unconscious son is, um, Actually, Christy says where shadows are transformed into light. This is actually, I've heard other people talk about this as your trigger. I actually kind of referred to it a little bit ago. You know, it could be that kind of idea of like your poison in this lifetime. You know, what is the obstacle? What is that journey that you're on that you're then here to turn dark into light and potentially help other people do the same in their own life? Um, And so I think the unconscious son can be, a little hairy, but it could also be really empowering. So definitely don't go down the spiral of like shadow side, but the unconscious sun is kind of, um, it it can, it can shed light on perhaps what your, your biggest, deepest rooted, longest lasting, like kind of patterns and triggers are. Yeah. And it's funny because like, you know, like everything, I think that there is a purpose on why this is a thing, right? It's not like we have shadows and triggers and blah, 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 just to like make our bane of existence the worst fucking experience on the planet. Uh, I like to think that it's it's an invitation for deeper self-reflection, right? Because it, it could be parts of us that, you know, like we said before, maybe it's not as upfront and center as the things on our conscious side of our profile. 
And so we don't see it as clearly. And I like the way that Christy explains it. Uh, she says, your unconscious son is the trigger that invites you into deeper levels of self-acceptance, forgiveness, and unconditional love for yourself. How fucking beautiful is that? And it says that this gate will be your guide as you navigate your shadows and polish the mirror of light of life. And it will also awaken your deeper fears of inadequacy and not enoughness. But we have to go to that deep well of fears and inadequacy and like these, these, you know, not great feeling emotions sometimes in order to really cultivate that true unconditional love. We have to see what's in the closet, what's in the shadow, what what's in our psyche in order to really come to this place of like, listen, I love myself and I accept myself even in times where like, I'm not the best version of myself because it's fucking impossible to be the best version of myself all the time. But that doesn't mean that I'm less worthy. Mm -hmm. I'm worthy just as I am with all of this. And that's, that's what I, I think is, is so beautiful about the unconscious sun and the unconscious earth is that like, it's just deeper levels of self-reflection. Like the other pieces, I feel like clicked things. Where I was like, oh yeah, for sure. The other ones I'm like, oh fuck. Interesting very interesting. And like, they allowed me to contemplate them a little bit deeper, but yeah. So that's kind of the overview of what the unconscious sun is, is the place where the shadow transform into, into light. I, I really appreciate that definition of it too. I also like, I had written down in my notes, similar, but different. This was the one that kind of struck a chord with me. Your it's your invitation into deeper levels of consciousness. And for some reason that really hit a nerve with me because those of us that are into self-improvement and self-help and wellness, and I know that this is a bit of my like have to be growing the uh, voice that's going on, but there is a bit of like, I want to go deeper. Like I've heard, how do you have that? I have this voice of like, I've heard all the surface level stuff. Like I want to go deeper yep. and that can be, it can suck to go deeper. I've definitely experienced that, but this, your con your unconscious son, if you're really craving that kind of like, let's, let's light some fires. <laughs> let's, let's do the deep work. This can be a first um, class ticket for that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So tell us what gate your unconscious son is. And... So that you guys, this one is really cool. Um, as you know, I have developed this weird love for sales and like really redefining selling and how I have always enjoyed selling and sales. And I'm always like shocked at how much people hate it and how much story people have around it. And, and not shocked because I've seen sales not be used well. And we have the whole myth of the snake oil salesman. So you guys, my unconscious son is um, the sacred salesman. It literally is like the dark I'm here to transform into light is sleazy sales <laughs> and, and how it really, how sales can be of service. The whole idea of a salesman is that I can see a brighter future and it's my job to see that future and then figure out a way to communicate it to the masses and sell it. You know, this is our brighter future and this is why you should listen to me. And I've always had, like, I've always called myself a futurist. Like that's what my master's degree in is like urban planning. Like I have that future vision. And then I've always been like um, a debater and a lawyer and that like uh, uh, argument, but more in like, how do I sell this? And what's the story that needs to happen here? So that, um, 
you know, like to be totally frank, I've been kind of like, do I really want to specialize in sales and build a reputation around sales, especially this topic that so many people have such a weird feeling around. And so when I saw this, that like, no Shay, this is, this is your unconscious son. Like there's a reason that you've always been like lit up by this topic. And so that again, helps me like, no, it's not web design. No, it's not these million other things that you could make money online with. There, There is something here. This is your work. And who knows what it's going to look like. But again, oh, a data point that I'm like heading in the right direction. How about yours? Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I remember when we were going through years, it was literally like LOL moment. Like it was- <laughs> It was wild, truly. Yeah. Like, can you have like- that's what I've been saying. Like, I want to rewrite the definition of sales for people. And then it is my unconscious son, the sacred salesman. Like what? That's just crazy. And it's interesting that like, we said that the unconscious part is the part that you might not notice in in yourself so easily. And it's like, you've kind of known that like, oh, sales is my thing, but it's like, it's been harder for you to own that or to lean into that. And I think that that's an interesting piece. And we've talked about, you know, full spectrum. I used to hate sales. I was that person in my high school job. I worked at old Navy and we would get in trouble if we weren't selling credit cards. And um, I just couldn't do it because I didn't, I didn't think there was integrity behind the sale. I couldn't get connected to that. So I had to spend all my shifts in the fitting room, which was the worst place. It was so boring, but it was because I quote unquote sucked at sales. So that's why I have been so invigorated by hearing there's like, oh, there's a different way to go about this. And so definitely um, I had that identity for a long time and I shed that identity. But like you're saying, now there's like, can I really step into it and turn that Mm -hmm. volume up on that? Because there's something here. Uh, It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, Okay. So my unconscious son is in gate three, which is the sacred fool. The sacred fool, it's basically taking leaps of faith, play and transformation. And so this is just very funny to me because like on one end, I can see this of like, like the positive end of it of like, childlike interest in things and like board games and like just playing and I've always been kind of silly like hanging out with kids and my nieces and just like I don't know just doing kid shit is fucking cool to me I just enjoy it and I remember a couple years ago I looked around and I was like yo why do adults get so boring like life is so interesting there's so many things to do and to create and like we can have fun and walk around in this like childlike wonder and like it's just so interesting to me I was like why is nobody else seeing this but on the other side of it like where a lot of my shadows and my triggers happen and this is true I I could have told you this literally before I even looked at fucking human design it's she I'm just going to use her words because like the definition here explained it so well resistance to chaos or starting new things Mm. And like my entire life, that has been completely true. I've, I don't like being bad at things. And I know a lot of people say that I don't like being bad. There is something deeper in me that literally revolts around being bad at the beginning of things. You know, what's interesting is I just, this is a total tangent that I'm saying, just so you remember, let's do an Enneagram episode, because I just heard that 
in particular, sevens, threes, and um, fives struggle with that exactly of, I don't want to be the weak link. I don't want to like be bad at things. So, and you're a seven. So I'm just calling that out. I just heard that literally said side tangent, but anyway, that is something real for you. And it's cool that how all these, my favorite thing is when these systems overlap. Cause to me, yep. that's like, Oh, you know, that's, yeah. we're getting closer. Yeah. Yeah. We start aligning. Yeah, that is sorry for the tangent. I just no, don't wanted to reflect. (laughs) Yeah, we should definitely do an Enneagram podcast. So, listeners, if you guys know anybody that specializes in Enneagrams, fucking DM us. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So on the negative end of the the sacred fool, it's essentially resistance to chaos or starting new things. And I just remember being being a kid, like being a perfectionist. And I never really, it's, it was, it was always this weird push pull because part of me always wanted to do new things to get that experience. The wandering storyteller. The other part of me was like, I'm going to do it, but nobody fucking look at me because I can't see anybody see that I am shit at this. And like, it's been a constant thing in my life for my mom to be like, Mariah, you are new at this and you're not going to be great at it. And now Andrew does it. He's literally like, what are you doing? Like, of course you're going to suck at it. And I just think that that's an interesting part of it, but there's this other piece and it's explained in the human design map frustration with God about living in a chaotic world. Mm. And I feel like I, especially in the past two years have gone through like bouts of anger and frustration of just like, why is this world like the way that it is? And the other piece, if we're bringing it back to business, it's overworking of like, this is how I come to chaos is I will sit here and I will distract myself. So my conscious son distract myself and I'll just overwork and I'll find myself just sliding into this energy of like being boring or uninspired or like trying to control things. And I noticed that even uh, like, it's been a, a true practice for me in business to be able to let people in on my experiments and honestly learning human design and the profile. So I'm a one, three and the three stands, the three is basically like the tester and the tweaker. Like people like to see my experiments, but it has been really difficult for me to be like, okay, people want to see what I'm experimenting with. People want to be in on the ground floor of just like, hey, what are you learning? What have you figured out? What is that? But that has been a definite shadow and trigger for me that consistently comes up of like, I want to go in this new direction, but I don't want to suck at it. So that will hold me back from even starting instead of allowing myself to move forward in this energy of a child of just like, we're just playing because in a bigger perspective, that's all we are doing in this life. We're just experimenting. We're just playing. Nobody has it figured out, but I've noticed it's especially easy for me to slide into this energy that it it really can consume me if I'm not aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where getting back to the taboo side and the golden side or whatever it's words are used can be really helpful because you can say like, oh, I didn't even realize it, but I'm way in, in this energy. And what would the flip side be? And what do I want to lean into more? Um, that can be very um, helpful as you're navigating through this on your own. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, let's for sure. um, not drag this on too long. The last one is your unconscious earth. And this is really, you know, we unconscious is like the, what runs beneath 
and then earth is how we ground so this one's pretty easy to understand how do we ground into the bigger mystery or what runs beneath how do you connect to your spirituality how do you ground in and center yourself to spirit to whatever i've said this before on the podcast but i know a lot of people are god is a trigger word for a million reasons and it was for me too so whatever forward moving force you believe in whatever kind of support you think that you have here with you how do you kind of connect to that which is bigger um to that we are not alone you know and so what support do you have here in this life and how can you connect to that um on a deeper level is what this gate this unconscious earth gate can help you get into yeah and the the definition that really helped me kind of integrate this a little bit deeper is the unconscious earth is essentially the foundation that creates a connection with yourself and your community. I was like, oh, that makes, because at first I was like, what the fuck is the difference between the conscious earth and the unconscious earth? Like, what do you mean? So it really helped me to be like, okay, the conscious earth is like, what is grounding me into my body, into this moment, like physically here, And the unconscious earth is like spiritually, like you said, on a greater thing of like connecting with yourself, but also your community, because the community is just like the outer energy field that we're all essentially connected to. So it's like your unconscious earth is insight into how you connect with your community, the collective. And then if we go even bigger, the cosmos. And I thought that it was like, especially the community piece is kind of what really pulls me in to it of just like, okay, if I'm feeling disconnected from community, if I'm feeling alone, if I'm feeling like I can't connect to my deeper purpose or something more fulfilling than what's on the surface, or if I'm not having uh, conversations or I'm not communicating with people, I've done this numerous times in the past couple months of, I have gone back to my gate in the unconscious earth. And that's been that's been really, really helpful for me of just like, how can I connect deeper to my community? Because that's another part of fulfillment, essentially. It's not just about us. Well, you know, what is popping up for me, and this is really true for me, I'm not sure how it's going to come out. Um, When you were talking, I had this idea of like the spectrum of like yourself in your community. And then there's like a connector And really in this life, my definition for unconscious earth is the spiritual path you are here to walk. And so that's where I thought you were going to go. And when you said it's what connects me to my community, I'm like, wow, isn't that the spiritual path? (laughs) Is that line that connects you and your magic and what you're here to do with the world and like the, the healing that you're here in this world to do in your community. So I think your spiritual path is what connects you to your community. So I love that definition that like, and it makes it so like grounded and down to earth as opposed to like, I am my spiritual path, you know? So I really, yeah. really like how you brought that back. And to get to your point you made earlier, if you think about human design as um, we're all pieces of this big puzzle and, you know, this is really how we come together and, you know, our, our role in this life is to figure out what it is, what our medicine is for this world, and then deliver that medicine to the world, right? We, how our puzzle piece fits into the bigger puzzle. So I think that that, and then that really kind of comes to fruition here in this unconscious, it's it's in the whole incarnation cross, but especially in this unconscious earth. And you guys, this one also blew my mind, you know, as long as Mariah has known me, really 
I have memories of like back in middle school and high school, I have always felt like in some way, my purpose here in this world is to help women get money. Like, I just want to see women with money. Making good women, you're helping (laughs) good women make good money. I've told Mariah that good women make good money. You know, like I have always really believed in like helping toward, like working towards the economic empowerment of women in whatever way that looks like that's always lit my fire. So wouldn't you know that my unconscious earth or the spiritual path I'm here or how I'm meant to connect with my community it's the money steward that's the name it's gate 45 the money steward and it's literally i'm here to find the win-win situation for like me and society i'm here like it talks about redistribution of resources and redistribution of wealth like how could we be better stewards of money that is part of my spiritual path so like I just so you guys know like little Shay I've been obsessed with money my whole life like I have coin collections I always my oldest memories are like counting coins and taking them in and like cashing them in and stuff like I've always loved money and I like if you want to talk about personal finance like I've talked to you about it all day it's I'm reading books for fun about it I've always loved that I've never been quite clear about how that all wraps into everything I'm doing and it's like oh no you've had these it's cool to like see this written and then be like, oh, childhood me really resonates with that. Like this has been a theme that's been present in my life. I just never really knew to prioritize it or like that it was the thing and the special thing and it was cool. So this one for me, like all of them have been really like, wow, how did you know? But this one in particular, I was like, that's it. Like that's it in a nutshell. That's been the theme for as long as I can remember. Yeah, it's so... This shit just continues to blow my mind of just like, I don't like, okay. And so I guess I'm thinking some people, when you first hear about human design, sounds a little culty. You're just like, sure, this dude went on a hill and channeled all this information. Could be bullshit, could be not, right? But as we're diving deep, it's like the things that Shay are saying in her incarnation cross would not resonate with me. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that is you and I see it and it ain't me. And so we, we talked about, well, I think the episode's going to be airing later this season about like how different affirmations hit different. And sometimes it's like what somebody says with one thing, like it's not going to hit the same. It's the same thing with coaching. It's the same thing in literally everything. And I just, I just think it's interesting that it's like, you could read me all of your stuff and I'd be like, yeah, that doesn't, hit with me and I think it's important to notice that because I have heard a lot of people oh they're just saying like positive things that anyone would resonate with and like yes it's true that in the sense that like we're all human and we can like resonate with the experience of being human in different ways (laughs) you know so like yes of course I can hear yours and I can see how during certain points in my life that could have been helpful. But right now, Mariah actually read me somebody else's in a like a boxer message earlier this week or some at some point. And I was like, oh, none of at one point in my life, that was very real for me. But those are like nothing to do. They don't make my heart patter in the slightest. And so I enjoy those examples because it's to me reaffirming that like the uniqueness, you know, this, yes, of course there's going to be things that sound good for everybody, you know, but that thing for that person in particular hits different. It like strikes different. It's very, a little bit even deeper and more meaningful for them. So that was like, 
I think it's important to note that I just hear that complaint about astrology and human design a lot of just like, it's just nice things and nice affirmations yep. that would make anyone feel good. But it's like, ah, they, it's some of them hit harder than others. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I have looked at probably at this point, 30 people's human, 30 to 50 people's human design charts, because I don't like the random people I meet on the street. I'm like, what's your human design? I mean, not really, but I might as well at this point, but it's like, I've looked at literally everybody in my families. I've looked at Andrews and I'll read just like their conscious sun and their conscious earth. And I'm just like, Oh fuck. Like Andrews. I was like, I, what I started reading some of it. And he was like, yeah, but I mean, yeah, like that is absolutely it. But like, I don't like, doesn't everybody feel like that? And I'm like, no, that's the fucking point. Or maybe people can like, yeah I could see how you could feel like that or I at some point felt like that but not right now you know or like yeah. not the theme of my life has been you know <laughs> yes yes exactly exactly so okay so just my unconscious earth is in gate 50 and it's called the tuning fork and at first I was like lame I want it like the money <laughs> stewardess or what do you mean the tuning fork how lame And it's very funny to me. So like the keywords are values, harmony, and collective empowerment. And my most important act of self-care is staying true to my values, which always makes me LOL because literally me and Che have talked about, oh, business values, business values. And I'm just like, boring, don't care. Doesn't mean jack shit, like blah, 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 blah. But it's like, this is literally what connects me to my community. It's what connects me to myself. But like, this is another example of like the difference between the unconscious and the conscious to me of like, I didn't see this until I saw it. Oh, that's cool. And, but like the conscious side, I was like, oh yeah, I could give you stories and stories and we can talk for hours about it. And this, I'm like, I don't know. And even something when you were explaining, like when you were a little kid and like money and stuff like that, I'm thinking, I'm like, when I was a little kid, did I think about values? Like, that's a weird thing for a kid to think, but it's like, I remember lying or hearing somebody lie and I felt completely gutted and like completely disconnected. And like, I was a bad kid and like, whatever, whatever. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I didn't do anything super wild because I, I I think that I did put a lot of emphasis on values and it's interesting how all of these kind of interweave together because the word collective empowerment, empowerment shows up in like two other gates. And so it's interesting how they kind of all weave together. And I even, uh, before we hopped on this podcast recording, I had a brand reach out to me and they were like, Hey Mariah, we'd love for you to do a webinar in our webinar series in February. You know, we'd love for, for you to give your perspective on Google analytics for I hop on this call. And I was like, yo, I hate to like, uh, like offend any of you, but I ain't a fan of it. I was like, so if you're doing a full webinar series on Google analytics for, and you want people to cheerlead this. I'm not your person and I really can't do it. And I was like, and it's super overwhelming. And I wish that there was another option and blah, blah, blah. I stuck true to my values and like what I really think about the way that Google Analytics 4 is moving. And literally one of the things were like, oh my God, I love how you're sticking true to your values and like your integrity with this. And like, we love your perspective on this. And we think that that would be such a powerful perspective. And here, let me give you free access to our software and you can test it out and see if you like it. And then you can give us your real personal opinion. I was like, is that easy? I just got to like 
show up and like let people know like what I truly feel about something and like not try to bullshit my way or try to be like, oh man, I need to tell them what they need to hear because that's what they want to hear. And like, how cool that I might have a really cool opportunity to work with a brand because I stuck to my values and didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. Mm. And so I just thought that that was like a really real life example of like how this is integrating. And I've noticed it even like in Instagram posts, when I've posted things about like what I truly feel about business and how like the bro marketing shit is just like whatever. And like these fears and distorted beliefs and like the corruption, the marketing manipulation, like how it's bullshit and like how we actually have to start creating a marketing plan and a business that really lights us up. That's the shit that I get the most fucking hits on. People are like, oh shit, I love your perspective on this. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it should be everybody's perspective on it. Like we value often, we say that we value authenticity and transparency, then that's what we should be doing. And so it's just interesting when I look back at just like little pieces of examples that this kind of like shows up in, I mean, especially in business, but also in life. Well, you know, I think that's such a cool, real story. I'm glad you shared that. And then I'm also reflecting on like, you and I, when we get upset with people or past coaches or past programs or people's marketing, it's because their stated values and how they're acting do not align. <laughs> like that is a trigger point for you and I both, but I'm like, oh, we've spent quite a few hours talking about, they said that this is important and then they act like this. Yeah. You know, there is something very, um, that will upset all of us. But I do think that I associate you as like a person of principle and a person that like sticks to her guns, but like in a good way, you know, like you're really steady and not like the winds aren't going to blow you one way or the other. And so I definitely think that, and that is more unconscious for you where you don't see that, but I definitely like can see that from the beginning of when I met you. That's fucking hilarious because I literally would not have associated that with myself in the least bit. Unconscious baby. <laughs> But like, look at the fact that we even talk about so often of just like growing a business with integrity and transparency and vulnerability and authenticity. What a beautiful example of that, that like we get to have, like you say, a win, win, win business. And like, this is possible and you're allowed to create something that fulfills you and does good in the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's like and so like, of course that connects us with our community, but apparently it hits even deeper with me. And it's like, just sitting with this is very, is very interesting. So I do find that like, when I am stuck in business and I'm like, I don't know either what to say, what to share. Like, I feel like I want to create some kind of content. Maybe I want to post something on Instagram. I want to do something like I'm feeling the, the need to express something less less on Instagram now that we have the podcast, because I like this form of expression a little bit better, but I will go in and kind of sit with this energy of gate 50 and be like, what, what do I truly value? And how can I bring that more in? And it's like, I truly value transparency and vulnerability and authenticity. So how can I own that and integrate that even deeper within myself? Because the deeper that I do that for myself, the closer it brings me to my community. And that's ultimately the point. Yeah. That's what get, fuels all of our fires or fills our cup in this life, which I like using, like thinking about the incarnation cross as a way to, um, 
help you when you're feeling stuck. <laughs> it's like a really clear, practical way to say how we can use the incarnation cross. Um, and with that, I think we're going to start wrapping this episode up. This was really, really powerful. Um, full transparency, this is actually the second time we've recorded this episode, the first time I fucked up the audio. So um, I'm happy we re-recorded it, though, because I feel like um, it came out a little bit more clear this time and I um I think that this is a very powerful tool and I am like honestly excited to share more information about it because like Mariah said um we really struggled to go deep into this particular aspect of human design and in just coming out of a weird phase of feeling stuck myself this was one of the big game changers along with the other tips that we share on this podcast you know and all the other episodes and I, I just, um, I know, I know that it can be a little intimidating at first when you see all those signs to be quite honest with you guys. I literally, when we got on, I could, I still don't know what all those signs mean. I, I was wrong about something and Mariah to help me. I'm, st- I own books and I'm deep into this and it's still a bit weird, but I'll encourage you. Like if you <laughs> get overwhelmed, there's it's worth it. Figure out where the unconscious and conscious sun and earth are read about those things in particular, and then think about the cool thing about Christy and that human design map we've referred to is she includes a lot of reflection questions that can really help you kind of self-coach. You know, that's really our goal here is how can we help each other and help ourselves navigate these times? And I I know the whole goal is to self-source and to validate yourself, but sometimes it's nice when you can get external data points that help you make decisions. And so that that's really was our whole goal with this episode. I hope that you guys found it helpful and not too overwhelming. And if if you do feel confused, please reach out to us. We This is our jam. We love talking about this. We'll help you navigate all those crazy numbers and figure out what it looks like for you. Yeah. And I just want to say that like for human design in general, they say that it's an experiment. So it's as you're going through things, as you're looking at things, it's not like I'm going to figure out my conscious son and then my life is going to click into place and I'm going to be the best version of myself. It's like, it's not how it works. We kind of have to sit with it. We go through layers. We go through seasons like it's earth school. We don't, there is no final test. There is no final destination. It's all about the journey and how you're experimenting. And I do like what Richard Rudd of Gene Key says where it's like, okay, so the Gene Keys book that I'm going to link in the show notes, it's a huge fucking book guys. And it's not a book that you read from beginning to end. It is like very wordy and very like, I don't want to say intense, but you can tell that it's, it's packed, right? So what he says is like Gene Keys isn't meant to be read or memorized or anything. It's meant to be contemplated. And like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he talks about that where it's like, if you're sitting here, so like, let's say that your conscious son is in gate, whatever, and it's not sitting with you. Maybe you have the Gene Keys book. Maybe you're doing some Google search. Maybe I remember I, when I first started, I created this full Google doc and I copy and pasted things from the I Ching, things from the Kabbalah, things from human design, things from Gene Keys into this thing. And I would just keep reading it over and over and over. And I was like, it's going to fucking sink in just because I'm excessive with things. So I did that. And then I like allowed myself to marinate. And it was through that contemplation and trusting that the pieces that were meant to stick, that's the medicine that you need at that time. And so like, I will continue to go back and to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling a little curious about my unconscious 
earth again. Let me read these gene keys and see what medicine wants to come out and trust that that's enough. You don't have to memorize. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to find the fucking theme of blah, 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 blah. Like it's literally just about like, what do you need right now? Because all this is, is a combination of micro shifts. You're not going to get this big, like you might have this huge, big aha moment that completely shifts your life, or you might not. It's all about like these micro shifts, these micro aha moments of like, oh shit, now I can look back and see why that situation played out, see how I showed up in that moment, see the difference between this, see the difference in that. Oh, it's interesting. I'm going to be aware of this when I'm communicating with people or when I'm feeling disconnected from my community or when I'm reaching out and want to collaborate with somebody. It's just little pieces of awareness that I think is interesting. And what I would like to invite you guys to do if you went to humandesign.tools and you guys looked at like the incarnation cross, like the, the four lines that talk about it, I'd like to invite you to reread that after you look back at your four gates and what they mean and sit with those. Because now when I look at mine, like the right angle cross of laws too, you're here to speak about laws and you are here to promote change through your vision of what is possible and expression of how it will be structured with rules. You will not be motivated to speak to the details of the structure, but you will be inspired to share the dream and how it will make things better. I see that with a completely different perspective now that I understand the energy behind those gates. And now I can see, yeah, and that's where I am, am going with my business. That's how I want to show up. And like, now I don't think I'm going to be a governor of anything, but it's like, this is what I'm here to help people in business do. Let's fucking break the rules and put them back together in a way that works for you. And so it's like, I think that that is just a really great full circle thing of like, yeah, before you dive into this, read it, have that sit in your awareness as you're diving into these things and then come back and see if you can make it full circle and just see if things hit different because that, that was a real game changer for me of like, wait, I am here to fucking shake shit up in my perspective in the business world. Like, I think that this is the, this is the vehicle that I'm moving forward with is like helping people in business shift the rules, whether it's marketing, visibility, whatever, but like on a deeper level, because we know that the old way of marketing, it's fucking dead. It's over. How can we bring more intuition into it? And like, that's why I think that I love human design because it is a tool to help my clients, to help me, to help Shay, to help everybody just reflect a little bit deeper. I love that. And I, you mentioned that word shift. How can we shift? Micro shift. It's all about the micro shifts. I love that. There's something really cool about that because that is really all growth will ever be is a bunch of little micro decisions <laughs> stacked on top of each other over time. And so I really like, like, that could be a cool hashtag for the podcast. It's all about the micro shifts. Um, but I really like that idea. Um, thanks for wrapping all that up. That was really beautifully said. And I think summarized, you know, like um, the point of why we've talked about all of this today. Um, if you guys are like me and you really enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, tag us on social media. Um, we really love it when we hear from you guys about what resonated, um, what really stuck out to you, you know, please uh, not only help us get the word out, but also just um, let us know what kind of content you love hearing. You know, Mariah and I were joking. We love human design. We could shoot every single episode about human design. Um, and so do you love human design? We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> 
as well. We kind of know off the record that you do because um, our, I think our human design episode from season one is one of our most popular episodes and it's one that gets shared a lot and we get a lot of feedback like my friend shared this with me so this episode in particular share it with a friend if you know anybody that's going through um the sauce as Mariah says going through (laughs) foggy time uh having trouble navigating and connecting to like that which is true and aligned this incarnation cross can be a really cool tool really cool tool Yeah. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for your support. Literally means the world to us when you guys slide into our DMs, when you email us, when you just reach out and connect. Like this is, it's the whole point of having the podcast. Like me and Shay could talk just me and Shay over on Zoom without recording anything, but it's like really hearing your feedback and then bringing in guests and having these conversations and really shining light on like, what's not only working for us, but like other perspectives, hearing how other people follow curiosity, hearing about the micro shifts that are happening. Like that's the fucking juice, baby. So this is, this is just the beginning for the podcast too. So we're we're just two girls out here walking our spiritual path, trying to connect (laughs) with our community. Exactly. And it's like, it's just so fucking fulfilling. I feel like I'm just so grateful for this. I'm so grateful for you guys that are listening. So grateful for the reviews that you guys leave us. If you haven't yet, consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave us a review. It really does help us all grow together. And until next time, remember that you have the power to create whatever the fuck you want. Truly, you do. Follow the nudge, ask questions, and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see you guys in the next episode.